0: Welcome back listeners, you're listening to Talking Your Way to Change, a podcast about mental health, and I'm your host, Dr. Banker. In this episode, I will discuss resentment and break down its complexity and offer some suggestions on how to utilize resentment to promote growth. I have also released an episode that is a guided meditation exercise to release a resentment, but more about that at the end of this episode today. So resentment is a common struggle, emotion, and issue related to why people decide to come to therapy. And it often presents as a roadblock in people's recovery, despite the ailment, whether they're presenting for a mental health issue, chemical dependency, physical, whether it was accidental or the injury was inflicted. Resentment can become like a soldier's armor, kind of encasing the person and trapping them. When we are wrapped up in resentment, we are reliving the past, replaying painful events of the past, or we're confined in our present reality that we don't like. And this makes it difficult to dream or create a new reality or a new satisfying life. Resentment has Latin roots and its original meaning was to feel again. I think most people acknowledge that resentment can be harmful and have harmful effects, not unlike the soot that lingers after a fire. The American Psychological Association defines resentment as a feeling of bitterness, animosity, or hostility elicited by something or someone perceived as insulting or injurious. So resentment can be defined as a feeling of indignant displeasure or persistent ill will at something regarded as wrong, insult, or injury. Most of the time, people are waiting for the identified perpetrator of their resentment, the person who wronged them, injured them, took advantage of them, to take some action to make the wronged right. Perhaps they're waiting for the other person to atone. Yet this rarely happens, and when it does, it doesn't often happen on the timetable of the resentful person. So what are we to do? Well, how we conceptualize resentment can help us use this troubling, painful response to move towards caring for ourselves in compassionate and effective ways. And I want to break down this emotion so that we can do that. I want to break down resentment into its parts so that you can use or respond to it in such a way that brings caring towards yourself. Okay, so let's start here. Resentment as a Complex Emotional Process Human emotions in general are complex, and there is not a clear agreement from researchers on how to categorize them or where they come from. One of the models that I'll discuss today, pluck Model of Emotions, identifies primary, secondary, and also there are tertiary emotions. He identified eight primary core emotions— that he paired in opposites, which I think is interesting. So he pairs joy and sadness, anger and fear, trust and distrust, and surprise and anticipation. What I would say about primary emotions is that they tend to be um, cross-culture. You may have sort of heard of primary emotions such as fear, anger, joy, disgust, surprise, Secondary emotions are the emotional reactions that we have to our initial core reaction. These may be caused by our beliefs about the first emotion or follow the first emotion when our brains, our prefrontal cortex, starts processing the triggering or lingering strands of the event. The primary emotion is more of an instinctive initial reaction. And these emotions, like I said, are common across cultures. The secondary emotions are often more about the meaning and or our cultural influences. For example, feelings like annoyance or shame are not considered primary. Secondary emotions can lead to tertiary emotions. Tertiary emotions are emotions experienced as a consequence of experiencing a secondary emotion. Resentment is not a core emotion, and it often comes after a secondary emotion such as rage, and rage often comes after experiences, anger, which is a primary emotion. Therefore, it's our, uh, it fits our understanding that resentment requires an even more in-depth look at the drivers that follow this basic core emotion. Let me give you an example to illustrate this point. If I get into a car accident, I might initially feel anger, or fear as the primary emotion. Then I might start to feel annoyance about the other driver's reckless behavior, or maybe I start to feel shame about my own driving, secondary emotions. Then these feelings might rise into resentment as resentment surfaces, as I am when I start imagining that, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to get my car repaired. Conceptualizing resentment as complex layering, a mixture or chain of emotional processes helps us understand ourselves and identify and clarify what's the real problem. Resentment in this example might have the loudest emotion, but negative or retaliatory actions against the driver are not going to address this issue of bringing the car to get fixed. It would be more adaptive to consider how to get this problem solved with the least amount of hassle or grief. Oftentimes, we uncover an unmet need that the resentment stems from. And once we identify this unmet need, we can begin to take action and bring attention back to ourselves and off of the other person. Even if that action is just to take a deep breath, it's helpful to know what action to take. More on this later. Okay. Okay. Second core concept here, resentment and boundaries. Resentment typically has an inverse relationship to our boundaries. When we have high and healthy boundaries, we tend to not feel much resentment. And when we have little to no boundaries, we tend to run high on resentment. One of the reasons this happens is that people really struggle with saying no, or they may have difficulty effectively communicating their wants and needs. They may have difficulty knowing their own limits and thus they can't even communicate them. These types of situations often lead to issues going undressed and growing until eventually anger festers into resentment. This is a common outfit, uh, excuse me, this is a common outcome for people who are conflict avoidant, codependent or have low self-esteem. I typically have conceptualized resentment as a boundary thermostat, or boundary barometer. If someone feels a lot of resentment, they often need to recalibrate themselves in such a manner that levels the playing field by getting setting boundaries to get their needs met and to not act as a martyr. Resentment can be about an unmet need that you have that you are actually blaming another person for. When you are trapped in resentment, It can act to disguise you from your role or your responsibility for creating your own life. Staying in resentment is a refusal to figure out what you do and do not have control over. Brene Brown in her book Atlas of the Heart stresses that resentment often comes when we compare ourselves to others and feel envy, that resentment is a function of envy. The example she uses in writing and interviews is that people who work really hard might start to feel resentment towards others who are not working as hard. But if we consider that resentment is not just about anger, that others have a wonderful life and ours suck, but that we actually might be mad at ourselves for not figuring out how to make our lives more wonderful. She writes, I'm not mad because you're resting. I'm mad because I'm so bone tired, I want to rest. But unlike you, I'm going to pretend I don't need to rest. So, in this case, the problem is that the person feeling resentment has an unmet need for rest, an inner driver that doesn't let them rest. This means that if everyone else started working as hard as the person with the resentment, they might not have the resentment towards the others, but they would still be angry and bone tired. Here's another example of resentment that represents poor boundaries and unmet needs. This is a hypothetical example. Susie wants to help others. So she volunteers to help another person, maybe an agency or maybe at her church or family. And we have to know that in these complex times that the needs of others and others' agencies or or other people are likely to maximize whatever it is that Susie has to offer. And then more so. And so Susie begins the slippery slope of giving and providing, but doesn't realize until she has given too much, as there is often a breaking point, which starts to feel like anger and resentment. And then Susie begins to target her emotion of resentment or feeling mistreated by this entity. Under this, she might start to feel animosity and anger, yet she knows. She did this to herself. It is her responsibility. It is that she shouldn't be so angry. As Susie is processing her anger, she realizes that what she's really angry about is now that she has to set a limit. She has to set a boundary. She has to go to that person and say no. And what she realizes is that she doesn't know how to be firm with her limits and boundaries because of what maybe fear she's afraid to set them and she's afraid to sit with whatever feelings come up when she does sit uh, set them. It ultimately might be that the anger is really not driven to the other person because they're asking for help. The anger is that the other person does not magically know what Susie's boundaries are without Susie setting them. So her fantasy is shattered. Understanding that resentment has a lot to do with yourself can lead you on the path of discovering what it is that you need and how to compassionately meet those needs. If you start with the premise that it is like a layering motion emotions upon each other that resentment rests, you can identify each emotion and what action to take that would address that emotion. So don't let resentment conceal your own responsibility in creating your satisfying life. Episode 66 is a guided meditation. It guides you verbally through the process of identifying the layers of emotions to help you create space between yourself and your resentment. Thanks for joining us this week on Talking Your Way to Change. You can also visit our Facebook page, You can subscribe to the show on Anchor or iTunes so that you never miss an episode. If you found value in this show, we would appreciate a ratings on iTunes, or you could just simply tell a friend. I need to alert everyone that this podcast is not meant as a substitution for mental health treatment. So although the podcast deals with psychotherapy, this is not your psychotherapy. Okay, thanks for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Banker. The initial work with resentment is about loosening its grip on your life. One of the ways this can be done is through consciously bringing your focus back to yourself and your own needs and away from the target of your resentment. This can be done whether or not you feel justice has happened or you have forgiven the other. Resentment, getting, using resentment effectively does not need to include forgiveness. It can, but it doesn't need to. Here's hoping you can loosen the grip of your resentment. Until next time, Dr. Banker.